Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority. This is episode 169. I'm Art Regner, and as always, the Red and White Authority is presented by Labatt Blue. It is the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings, whether it's winter, spring, summer, or fall. It's always a great time at the end of your long, hard day, pounding that old pavement to sit down and have an ice-cold, frothy Labatt Blue. But we do ask that you drink our premium beer responsibly. Let's bring in our guest, no stranger to this program, no stranger to hockey fans worldwide, legendary Hall of Famer, former Red Wing, former Penguin, former King. I can go on and on and on because this man is an ambassador of the game. Larry Murphy joins us. Larry, thanks. Hey, you're welcome, Art. And I also have to say that I do also drink responsibly like yourself, so... I appreciate you reconfirming that that important note. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. That, that, uh, maybe in my youth, I kind of forgot that at times, but not anymore. Uh, it's, 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 it's definitely a different ball game these days. But, uh, <laughs> but, but with that said, and obviously uh, for uh, hockey analysts for Bally Sports Detroit, I have to throw that in for, uh, uh, for uh, uh, Larry as well. But Larry... As usual, as we have seen since Steve Eiserman became general manager on April 19th, 2019 of the Detroit Red Wings, uh, he is very active, very proactive. Obviously, you played with him. Uh, how would you characterize and assess the job that Steve has done so far? Well, I, I think you've got to give him uh, full marks uh, and credit for for doing what, uh, what he set out to do. He basically laid out his plan. When he took over as general manager, and and he is somebody that works very hard at the job. He uh, his his uh, communication with other general managers is always open. Uh, he's always ready. He's always in the right place at the right time to make deals. And I think we've seen a couple. You know, we've seen a few of them already. Where just outstanding and. Nadelkovich's deal with Carolina, I think, is just another uh, feather in his cap. I mean, pulling that one off. And and that's a case of a guy that works hard and uh, sticks to the plan, has confidence in his ability. Uh, I mean, he looks. you look at what he uh, did with Tampa Bay, how he built that franchise, and I think he's, he's well on his way to getting the wings back into contention for the Stanley Cup. You know, you probably played against him more than you played on the same team with him. But could you describe him? Do you see him approaching uh, an executive position in the NHL like he did on the ice? Because he really had to work for virtually everything that he was able to attain in this game. Well, his yeah, as a player and as a general manager, there there are uh, similarities, and and his approach as a player was uh, a very committed, hardworking, dedicated, and uh, always always on the mark. He's a guy that knew uh, what needed to be done for himself to be uh, prepared you know, to be the best player he could be, and it always, always, never swayed from that from that commitment. And I think it's that's the similarity that you see that he brings as a general manager, a guy, a guy that works hard, uh, uh, the focus, and knowing what he needs to do, and not not uh, uh, you know not not swaying away or going off course. Uh, very confident in his ability, and it's the same as a player, and as as he is with a general manager. Yeah, he, uh, you know, it's interesting. I've told him 
uh, to his face. I said, you know, Steve, I can't believe I'm telling you this, but you could actually be a better executive than you were a player, and that is stunning. And then his retort, and I know you'll appreciate this, or worse, and you'll be the first one to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yeah, I can hear myself now. Iserman, I had such high hopes for him. What happened? You know, but uh, uh, well, he, he, go ahead, Larry. No, the funny thing is, that with that art, I mean, he's not one to let uh, anybody blow smoke. So, uh, right, right. And uh, uh, you know, it basically, uh, and that's that, that. That's that's basically confirming what I said earlier. I mean, you telling him how great of a general manager he is is not going to influence his view of himself as a general manager. Same as a player. I mean, you can you can get caught up with people telling you how great you are, and then you you lose that drive that hunger in order to do what you need to do. Well, Eisman was a, as a player was, you know, was heard a lot about how, you know, was told of what a great player he was, but had no influence on him as a player. His commitment was there. And right. same as a general manager, are you telling him about what a great job he's doing? And of course, you know, he comes, he's very quick with and comes back with the, with the comeback, but still, he's not going to let you, you know, uh, uh, affect his, 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 focus on the job necessary he's not going to lay back on his laurels no, no he's not and you know another thing and then i'll get off this iserman kick i i didn't think we were going to go down this road larry but you know i don't know what it is about you but that, you know, that seems to have i was going to say all right we've gone down many a path that uh, i did not anticipate <laughs> right right and, and i didn't anticipate this one but years ago and i've been trying you know almost 30 years or whatever how long ever i've known him i, I i've said to him I went up to him one time. He was still a player, you know, and he always sat on his stool. He very rarely stood up for any kind of interview. He was always just sitting there. And so, you know, so I'm looking down on him, which was always kind of a weird feeling because, you know, you're used to, when you interview somebody, usually you're standing face to face. And, uh, but not right. Steve, he sat. And so I, I, I said to him, I go, why do you downplay everything? meaning what he does you know i used to think he got screwed by team canada and all kinds of stuff and i'd let him know you know and he i think he got a kind of a kick out of it but he looked at me when i asked him that and he you know looked up at me because i'm standing and he's sitting he goes what do you want me to say and i looked at yeah. him and i'm still trying to answer that question you know what i mean i had no answer i i, I don't know what i want you to say I, and you're right i mean you kind of just put it up in a nutshell i'm asking him to probably sing his own praises and he's just not going to do that he's just not right right you know and yeah, he's all, he's business he's all he's all business there and he doesn't get you know he doesn't uh uh, I mean, he has a good time, and, he, and he's a funny guy, and I say he's quick-witted, like the next guy. But right. when it comes to what the job at hand, you know, you're not gonna, you, you know, you're not gonna get him off course, so to speak, and you're not gonna get him to talk about how, you know, how great of a job he does. It's, as you point out, I mean, you know him as well as anybody. I mean, you've known him longer than I've known him, and uh, I mean, you, you, as you point out, I mean, that's definitely the case. Yeah, right. I mean, it's, uh, it, you know, it, it, it is kind of um, refreshing because if we're looking at this Red Wing team, and, and we'll get into that right now, the one thing that I find very impressive, the Dodolkovich deal, especially since Alex is uh, all of 25 years old, uh, I know he was a, like a finalist for Rookie of the Year, and somebody told me, but I this can't be possible that he's he hasn't played enough games he could always he could qualify this season for rookie of the year as well i don't think that i don't think that's possible i think somebody was putting yeah. me on but 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 with that said i mean him and thomas grice in net 
Uh, it suddenly looks like, and then you bring in Kosa in the draft, and you know there's some other young guys. I still like Jan Bednash, uh, Bratstrom. Uh, they're going to be up at uh, at the the, the uh, uh, prospects tournament, but he he seems to hone in on a position and makes what might be a weakness and really builds it up into a potential strength. Well, I think he, he um, I think he, his approach has been. Uh, is, will this deal make our team better? Will this deal get our team to the level of play uh, that that we want? And obviously, the level of play that you want is to win the Stanley Cup. And he—that's uh, what I mean. He looks—he looks at a lot of opportunities. He, that's what I, I was talking about earlier about his, right. his his work work ethic and his commitment. Uh, he he's basically ready when the opportunity comes. I mean, he, it's a perfect timing situation. Carolina, you know, they're worried, they're concerned that Nadalkovic is going to go to uh, take him to arbitration. They're going to have a contract. They're going to have to walk away from because you do have that option if he gets a bigger uh, award. And they're not, and they, and they, they, they decided that they can't take that risk and we'll get what we can for him. And that Eisman's right there. He's ready. He's ready. He keeps his, his powder dry. <laughs> He's able to uh, pull off the deal. And then all of a sudden, you got a guy that with with incredible numbers from last season. Mind you, is his base. He had, you know, he had played a game or two in the league over the years, and he is twenty five years old. But I mean, this for a goaltender, you just he's a, you never know when they're going to break through. That's the case with him. Eisenman's there. You know, Carolina wants to get what they can for him. Eisenman's there. Okay, hey, I'm ready to do this for you. You know, I'm ready. To, I don't know what they give him a third round pick or or whatever it was, and, and, the, and rights the rights to negotiate. With, with Bernier, exactly. You're right, right, right. So, I mean, and all of a sudden, you've got a, an exciting guy. Like, you know, you know 1.9 goals against, uh, you know, average. I mean, it's just, you know, what, what was his, his save percentage was um, was fantastic. And then all of a sudden, you got him and you got the veteran Grice. I mean, what a great guy to have him play with. Obviously, uh, a, a consummate uh, professional. Uh, you know, you watch him, his commitment to the game. I mean, he's only going to help uh, Alex in his, uh, you know, his his growth as a player. Uh, the big thing uh, to watch, though, Art. I mean, with a goaltender, I mean, to to find a goaltender that can give you a you know huge level of play year in year out. I mean, those guys are are, are tough to find, and um, you know, hopefully, this is a beginning for him. They've signed him for two years. Uh, hopefully this is a, a situation where he obviously just continues to play at a huge level. And boy, all of a sudden we're talking, you know, not that goaltending was a big issue last season, but now we're just talking about, boy, the Wings have been able to take it goaltending to the next level. Well, there, there, there's no question about that. And I, I mean, you played with a lot of great goaltenders in your Hall of Fame career for sure. But I'm, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it just seems that um, the rapport that you need as a defenseman with your goaltender, how understated is it? Do do fans really realize how you guys almost have to work in sync with one another? Well, it's it's the same. Uh, it, it's part of the game. I mean, maybe it's not the, a part of the game that gets a lot of... Uh, uh, a lot of notoriety, but it, yeah, you, you're playing with your goaltender. There's there's a, there's a lot of communication out there, and there's a lot of of um, knowing. Like after you've played with somebody for for a period of time, you get to know 
uh, their tendencies and their habits, and you adjust your your game according accordingly to it. But the most, you know, for a goaltender, in terms of communication, it's a case of uh, of uh, you know a simple. Here's a simple example: goaltender gets the puck uh, behind the net. You know, the, the opposition tries to wrap it around in, in your zone. The goalie gets out, and makes a play. Well. You've got to uh, you've got to know as a defenseman you've got to know well what's what's his tendency I mean what what does he usually your goaltender usually do with the puck when he gets it in that situation and you position yourself accordingly a lot of guys will will uh, will hammer it around the board so you got to get yourself to the boards real quick because that puck's going to come quick there's goaltenders that that leave the puck a lot more than they like to play it well then you better you know, be ready to get back behind the net and pick it up so things along that you, you develop with your goaltender and. Also, uh, a communication um, with with your with your goaltender. Uh, um, you know, you can uh, as far as uh, you can tell him that uh, you, you know you've got this particular cover guy covered on the on this post. I mean, you can you yell at him, "Hey, I've got I've got the far guy." You know, so he can focus more on on the shot from the right. from the wing. I mean, there's a lot of that that goes on between uh, a goaltender and defenseman and that de- that develops and and uh, but I, I found with goalies I mean, you, tendencies you really learn what a goaltender's tendency is and and you just kind of fill in accordingly right you adapt your game to to, to the way that they play theirs it sounds like so uh, yeah, I, I'm curious I wanted Definitely. to ask it because what we heard about Nadalkovich is is that he can really handle the puck he can you know he can pass the puck you know he's like uh, you know, I, I don't know if he's Marty Turco like, but I mean, but he's you know kind of in that same category in class. Uh, how important is that for you to have a goaltender like that that can actually move the puck, or is that more of a kind of a thing that he does that forwards may appreciate more than a defenseman? Well, yeah, a goaltender that plays the puck, then you're not as quick to try to bail them out. I mean that. Uh... If you got a guy that's real strong with the puck, and if that's the book on the Nadelkovich, then then you're looking a lot of times going to the to the, the far boards and, and expecting a play around the boards, expecting and and it's also for the wingers too. They've got if they got a goalie that plays the puck well, well they've got they've got to get themselves back in position along the boards and you just be ready for it to come. So everybody is always well aware of a goaltender, and I I've always loved playing with a goalie that. Uh, can play the puck well, uh, for, especially for a defenseman that jumps up in the play, because you right. can anticipate if he's gonna if he's gonna fire the puck up the left side. I'm a right defenseman. I know that puck's going to the left side. Well, I'm ready. I'm ready to be that fourth guy in the play. I can almost start creeping. I mean, you you can't you can't just leave leave the zone, abandon you know, your your defensive position recklessly. But you're you're ready. You know he gets the puck. You can tell when he's gonna play it, and boom, you can get yourself up in that play become the fourth man and that's that's what's uh, one of the things that's great about a goaltender that can handle the puck and and also he's a, a you get a lot of heat on you if he's quick he gets behind the net gets a hold of the puck he can fire it out of the zone himself so man i love playing with goalies i, I played with a guy by the name of tom brasso when i was right. in pittsburgh boy that that guy could play the puck like like nobody and and uh it took him he, he could fire it off the glass get clear the zone boy he'd take a lot of pressure off off your team just himself by the ability to clear the zone well you know tom barassley a uh, name for the past uh, uh i yeah i well, didn't he step almost right out of high school american high school into the into uh into the net into buffalo's net 
I maybe yeah ex- yeah exactly. I mean, he was something else, and I do think, and this will be the last Steve Eiserman comment we make for at least two minutes. Uh, uh, but uh, I think he beat out Steve for Rookie of the Year. I think I think it was Barassa who won it uh, in Steve's rookie year, where he had, I believe, eighty some points as uh, as a rookie for a Red Wing team, which was not very good. But uh, with that said, I really want to uh, concentrate on Steve made a couple of additions to the blue line uh, this year. Um, he re-signed Mark Stahl, which I think was uh, almost a given. I think Mark Stahl enjoyed his time here in Detroit. I know that the Red Wings really thought highly of him, and he had a good presence in the room. But then the addition of Nick Letty, and maybe maybe a little bit under the, the radar, but he's one of my favorites because he's from Detroit, uh, Jordan Osterley. Both Letty and Osterley are guys that can skate like the wind, and you know they can bring the puck out on their own and make good first passes. That is critical to the Red Wings, probably more so on the power play than any other aspect of, uh, uh, of the game. Well, yeah, I, I look at those two guys you mentioned. I mean, Letty, uh, obviously a proven, you know, a, a proven defenseman, a guy, a puck mover, got jumped to it. You know, thirty years old, he's 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 a veteran. He's going to bring in that that experience and that, and obviously that offensive uh, punch. Osterley is a, for me, is an interesting story. I mean, he had, he, you know, he, with Arizona, he started off great last season and just started to falter as as the years the year has gone on. So. This is a case I, I uh, the Wings scouting staff obviously see something in this guy that they think that in the right situation that he he would you know he'd be, he'd be a guy that they could play in the, in their top six. It remains to be seen. I mean they've got you know they got Lindstrom Bell uh, Lindstrom back there now. I mean they've got you know they've probably got eight guys that can that can play those six spots. You know if we go through the lineup, of course uh, Mo Siders de- definite in the lineup this year. So. Let's wait and see, you know, like uh, what what we get from that guy. But obviously, uh, a lot of depth now on the fence and bringing Stahl back. I mean, that talk about a guy that uh, you know the, 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 the brings his you know his workman mentality to the game. I mean, just always, always seems to be ready to play, makes those tough plays, well, willing to battle in the corners, uh, jumps up in the play when necessarily not his forte, but still. I mean, that's why they brought him back. For another season, because you got a guy like uh, Cider uh, sees the way that Stahl approaches the game, boy. You know that that shows you the commitment it takes to succeed in the league. And I know with Steve Eisman, that's very important. He wants these guys to be these young guys to be uh, uh, have veteran players around them that show them the level of commitment necessary to be a professional. When you look at, uh, you know, you, you brought up the depth, and this is how I have it penciled in. And, you know, I uh, you know, I know I brought this up many, many times before on, on previous podcasts, but Mike Babcock always wanted an even amount of right-handed shooting defensemen and left-handed shooting defensemen. And if you look at what the Red Wings have assembled, and I agree with you, uh, and, and there's some guys that could definitely make a uh, 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 a push, but uh, it, it looks like now their top eight would be on the left side, is Letty, DeKaiser, Danny DeKaiser, Mark Stahl, and Jordan Jordan Osterley, who could also play the right side, by the way, but he is a left-handed shot. There, uh, I think Osterley's like 28 or 29, and then the other guys are, you know, in, in, in 30 or plus. And then on the right side, you have Philip Horonic, who just signed a, a three-year extension. Uh, he is... Uh, 
Uh, you know, he's what, all 23 years old. Troy Stetcher, the elder statesman on the right side, about 27. And then Gus Lindstrom and Mo Sider's 20, I believe, and Gus Lindstrom's 22. I mean, how it, how important is it to have an even side, three lefties, let's say, because you can only play six. They could dress seven, I guess. Three and three. And then to have one side that is all veterans, so to speak, and youngsters on the other end. I mean, it's it really looks like we're going to see a mentoring ship uh, before our eyes. Well, in terms of left and right shots, um, yeah, it'd be great if uh, every game you had three right shots and three left shots. It's not always going to be the case. I mean, and, and you know, you obviously you you do um, you know set up your lineup. Uh, when you're building your team, you you know you want a hand, you want a, a, a some left shots, you want some right shots back in the point, but it's not the end of the world if you end up with two right shots and four left or vice versa. Uh, I, I think it's it's uh, a case of you do want the mix, though, definitely the mix of veteran and young, and young players, uh, especially it's, uh, I mean, you'd love to have, I mean, remember the the years the Wings were winning the Cups like crazy. I mean, there, there was six veteran guys. I mean, there was right. no room for, for a young defenseman. It's just, that was... It was just how strong the team was. Right now, you got, you know, you got young guys coming in, so you want to develop them properly and accordingly, and and you want guys, impact guys, that 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 play on defense that you can that you can rely on. But at the same time, the other, the the, next, the other benefit is that they teach these young guys, Lidstrom and and Cider, uh, show them how you know how this game is played. So you, you kind of get the best of both worlds out of it, and. I just look at it, when you look, I look at a defense core and you just you know measure what you have there and you size it up. The Wings, I believe, this season their core defensemen are going to be stronger than they what the were the previous year, and that's exactly what a team wants to achieve. When uh, how important is it um, for a guy like Mo Sider to really have? And, uh, you know, even you could even throw Osterley into the mix, although he hasn't played nearly as many games as Stahl, DeKaiser, and Letty. But you have to figure that one of those three guys is going to mentor Mo Sider. It, how important is that to make sure that he does have a veteran guy who can not only show him how to conduct himself on the ice, but maybe how things are off the ice as well as a professional hockey player in the world's best league? Well, it, it's I, this is what what I expect. How the wings, and this is my opinion. It's not. This is not what the Detroit Red Wings are going to do. I just. This is my anticipation. How they're going to deal with Cider. They're, they're obviously going to play him with a with a veteran defenseman. They're going to start that in that situation, and then they're going to, in terms of ice time, they're going to be very careful who they match them up against. They're going to. They're not going to want to throw him to the wolves. They're going to want to make sure that uh, that he's playing, you know, maybe playing against the third line, fourth line, and and you'll know, see it. We'll see. Maybe will see some time in the power play. You'll see some time in the penalty kill, and they'll just evaluate where he's at. Now, if he shows, hey, I'm fine in that situation, well, they're gonna th- they're gonna put him in tougher, little tougher situations. They're gonna find that area where they can play him without overwhelming him. And, and, of course, the partner he plays with is going to be very important. They're going to want somebody that's going to be reliable there. They're going to be somebody that's going to have his back. But they're also going to be somebody like that's going to compliment him on the ice, somebody that's, 
that's going to feed into the type of game Sider plays. He's, a, he's very good with the puck. He's a big, strong guy. So they're just going to they're just going to handle him carefully, and he his level of play is going to show the coaching staff. It's going to show Blashill what he's ready for. They're not going to get ahead of it. They're going to wait and they're going to see that if he's ready, they're going to put him in that situation. We don't know what to expect. I mean, is he going to be a candidate for the Calder Trophy? Who knows? I'm not going to put that on him right now, but that could very well be the case. Now, if he's a candidate for the Calder Trophy and he's playing at the level that you need to be to be considered, well, then he's going to be in situations where he's going to be on the power play. He's going to be in the penalty kill. He might be on the ice the last minute of a period on, on a close game or at the end of the game when it's close. We're going to see him in that situation, but let's wait. We have to wait and see what he's ready for. Yeah, I, I, I think people are fascinated to actually see him. I, you know, I, I've always joked around. Uh, you know, where else in the world can Steve send him to play? I mean, he's uh, he's been all over, and uh, you know, he seems to take every opportunity he has and makes the most of it. But as you just said, Larry, this is a little different ball game, as we know, the NHL, and uh, it'll be interesting to see. Now, a week from today, we're doing this on September 9th. The Red Wings begin their prospects tournament. It's it's not as much of a tournament this year because they're not awarding the. Uh, I call it the Kenny Cal Cup, but they're not awarding a cup at the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, at, at the end of this tournament, but Mo Sider is not on this team. The Red Wing prospect team, although they're loaded, and we'll get into that in a second. Uh, they uh, they're playing three games. Mo Sider is not on that roster. Um, I would assume, and I, you know, and I'm asking you to read into this too. It probably makes no sense to have him play in this prospects tournament because he's pretty much proven all you can prove when you're the Swedish league's defenseman of the year. Uh, you know, the MVP of the world championship, uh, as far as defensemen go, uh, to put him in three games where guys are really trying to prove themselves, which could maybe lead to freakish injury or something. Yeah. I would have been absolutely shocked if he was at the rookie camp. I mean, he just, in terms of his development, he's he's far beyond that. And there's no benefit for him to play play in those games. And and you know he's they're, they're, you know they're show they're showing him. I don't know. If, I, I don't want to use the word respect, but they're basically saying to him, and rightly so. Hey, we're so impressed with your development and what you've achieved, especially last year in the Swedish league. Hey, you're you're beyond the rookie camp. He. You know, I, I, they're not going to come out and say it. Hey, I believe he is in the lineup right now, the Wings defensive lineup right now. Of course, you know, the, uh, if he's horrendous for whatever, for some shocking reason, he won't be on the team. But he, in my books, he's on the team. So why, you know, he doesn't belong in the rookie uh, camp. So, hey, I would have been absolutely shocked if they had put, if they had played him in, in the, uh, and up in Traverse City in that rookie tournament. Right, yeah, I, and, you know, I, I, I agree with you, obviously. Now, uh, uh, you know, when you look at where the Red Wings are coming from, and I always know, Larry, over the years you've always said, you know, uh, kind of the old Scotty Bowman uh, adage, you can never have too much defenseman. But when we look at the draft and appearing on the early returns of what he's now doing in the Swedish Hockey League, it looks like having Simon Edvinson drop in their lap at six could have been maybe the best case scenario for the Wings. 
Yeah, I, I don't think they expected uh, Edmondson to be re- available at, at that pick. So that's, you know, I, they uh, they jumped on that. I mean, I'm sure they're doing, in, in the war room, they're doing cartwheels when he was available. I mean, if he can develop, like Sire develops, I mean, you, and you got two guys, you know, you got two huge impact guys on the blue line. I mean, that's just that just gets you closer to where you want to be. So, I mean, but that's something that's, you know, a couple years away. Uh, it's in terms of impact on, on the team and his time will come around like Sider's time is, is come now. And that's something to look forward to in the pipeline down the road. But for me, I mean, my, I, I focus, you know, we're at Bally sports. I mean, we cover the games. I'm, I'm, you know, I really focus on the national hockey league and I focus on it all season long. Right. And I'm excited to see eventually Kosa and these guys come along and, and fight for jobs. But to me, I mean, the story coming up, you know, this season is the team's going to be better. They've got, uh, uh, you know, they've got uh, uh, Cider in the lineup. I mean, uh, Valeno, I mean, that's a guy that I'm very interested to see how he does in, in training camp. I mean, he played those five games at the end of the last season. I thought he, did, he, he didn't look out of place. And the goal he scored, I mean, that was an NHL goal. So. Oh, yeah. Is he ready? I mean, that's that to me. That's the big question mark for me going into the camp. Is is this guy going to take the step to become a, a Red Wing? You know, a, a eighty-two game Red Wing this season. I don't want to put. You know, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here. But boy, I'm I'm watching, and I wouldn't be surprised if this guy, because his level of play is going to force his way on the team and force Steve Eisen to make tough decisions. In terms of personnel, when you because of his level of play, a guy, a guy, a, a rookie, a young guy forces his way on the team by by coming in and playing great. He makes he forces the team to make room for him, and I and I hope to see that from him this season. Well, you know, it, it's interesting because if you look at it, and we just talked about Mo Sider and. You look at Joe Valeno, who is going to be in the prospects tournament, but I think that might be because he's a, a you know, he, he, my God, he's still a very young man, but you know, he he has a lot of hockey. You know, he went to Sweden and played for Malmo last year, and uh, uh, you know, did well. And they had their they had that team had their own issues with COVID, by the way, and uh, uh, shutdowns and all that kind of stuff. And then Joe got uh, Valeno, that is, got injured. But if you look at this prospects tournament. I think it makes sense why Valeno is playing because I'm pretty sure he's going to uh, center a line up there that is making their North American debut, or these two players are, uh, and that is, of course, Jonathan Berggren and Lucas Raymond, who the Red Wings have really high hopes. So I I can see that almost makes sense that Valeno would play and let, you know, so these two wingers could have a really, you know, fairly accomplished center at this point in his career. Well, he, he's like going back to, you know, talking about the rookie camp in Valeno there. I, I, you know, it's, it's an opportunity. I look at it for him and the wing put him, He's going to play in that tournament. It's going to give him an opportunity to kind of get going into the season, but his evaluation, are, it's going to be the true evaluation for him. And it's exciting. You know, mentioned young guys playing there, and, they, and they've got the, you know, the great, it's great talking points about him playing with other young guys and right, right, potential right. future wings and all that. I mean, it's a, it's fun talking point. But, hey, as I said earlier, my focus is the National Hockey League. So I, he, 
closing the camp is an opportunity for him to get his to get going this season. But hey, those what matters with him and his evaluation, he can go out and score twenty goals in this rookie camp. It's right. not going to get him any closer to a roster spot on the wings. Those and those Detroit Red Wings preseason games. That's where that's where the evaluation will be made with him in terms of can he play in the National Hockey League. So yeah, it's fun. Rookie camp's fun. It's a chance for him to get going. But hey, you could tell me he scored forty goals in those three games. I, it doesn't doesn't mean anything, and it doesn't get him any closer to a spot on the wings. Preseason Red Wing games is where he needs to show his stuff. He also in practice doing line rushes and everything with with the NHL team. He's got to show that he's quick. He's got the step. He, he, he doesn't hesitate. Shows in practice. Shows in preseason games with the big club. That's that's what I want to see from him. Right. Well, yeah, and you know, and let's get to it because I know we're running out of time here. And and I, I wanted to talk to you. Offense. The the Red Wings, by their own admission, are offensively challenged. And uh, well, you look at it. Just look at the numbers, Art. I mean. Yeah. Come on! I mean, look at their production last season. It tells you right there what their what their their bit the job is for this team to build. Right. Well, and and I know that when Bally Sports starts doing their games, and I know you do at least a couple preseason games uh, before the regular season begins against the uh, uh, the Lightning on uh, the the 14th at Little Caesars Arena. Uh, but I what I'm curious to find out is is when you uh, look at it, Alex Tangay came in primarily to help the power play. He was uh, assistant coach for the Iowa Wild uh, the last couple of years. Uh, they're the uh, AHL affiliate of the Minnesota Wild. Uh, and and I've seen them play the Grand Rapids Griffins on a number of occasions, the Iowa club. And they're a good, tough club. But he kind of revitalized their power play where they were two years ago. I think they were the best in the NHL or close. Last year, which was a really weird year, a number of games and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it dropped off a bit. But I'm kind of curious, what can a guy like, hopefully Alex Tangay, add to the offensive production of the Red Wings, especially on the power play, even though he was a great offensive player, but of course, this time he's just a coach. They they brought... The power play is, is struggling in the last few years, and and, it, and I think it was what second worst. I mean, I think yeah, Anaheim to, to might Anaheim, have been, yeah, uh, yeah. But I mean, yeah, but the numbers, yeah, the numbers were were were, were that was we were looking at. Hey, where where can this team improve? I mean, I, I think that was like number one. I mean, that's okay. That's area number one. So they needed, uh, as you point out, Tangi his resume coaching. Uh, it's respond has been responsible for the for the power play and has success. The Wings needed a, a fresh look in that area, and they brought. That's why obviously that's why Tangay is brought in is because the power play is looking for some fresh ideas, fresh look. I mean, it's gonna the personnel is gonna get better with the team. That's gonna that's gonna help the power play. But I mean that that's a, that's an area that. Uh, uh, they, Blaschel and Eisman knew that that's something that we've really got to get focus on. Well, let's go out and get the best guy available that's going to help us in that area with the fresh look, and and that's that they find Tangay. Hey, that's the guy they want. So I mean, that's he's going to come in, shake up the coaching staff a bit, but it's definitely the focus will be for the power play. That's what the reason why he's come in. So. Hey, look, you look at if, if the wings go from 
thirtieth or well, yeah, thirtieth last season to say middle of the pack, you know, 12, 13, 14th. Boy, that that means victories. That means more wins for this team. And I, I think smart. Well, let's. It remains to be seen. Of course, you know, the proof is in the pudding. Right. But hey, Tangay's approach. I mean, as a player, as a coach. I mean, it's going to be good. It's going to be refreshing. It's going to get a new look like, hey, hey, that's something that we didn't consider before. So, I mean, it's only a it's, it's a positive move. And that's the area where uh, I think that, the, you know, Art, you've, I know you've said it many times, is that's an area right there that could mean wins if they get themselves into a respectable position in terms of power play success. Yeah, there's there's no doubt. I mean, they it, it needs to get better. I mean, you know, uh, you know, a a efficient. Let's just say efficient power play. I'm not saying great, but an efficient power play does work wonders uh, for a team. I mean, it really does take a lot of pressure off. Surprisingly, your defense and your goaltender. If you think, wow, we have a shot here when we get you know when we get the man advantage. Uh, I I, I want to ask you a, a, a specifically about offense, Jacob Verana. Looks like a great pick. Nothing against Anthony Mantha. I wish Big Tony, the BT Express, as much luck in Washington as uh, uh, I will ever wish an opposition player. Uh, and uh, but but Verona, uh, Zadina could be a breakout year. We have a little bit of a Czech mafia going on here with Verona and Zadina, and then you throw Heronik in the mix, and you know, and then bringing in a guy like Pew Suter who has played, granted it was in junior with Fabry and, and Bertuzzi. The, you know, again, Larry, and I think what we've kind of touched upon, there looks like there's going to be competition. Throw Lucas Raymond into the mix, Berggren into the mix. Uh, you know, you've got Valeno, and as we've talked about, Michael Rasmussen uh, made a step forward. Nemetsikov's looking to bounce back. Giovanni Smith's on the team. Mitchell Stevens, uh, uh, another guy that, you know, that Steve... Uh, uh, you know, Steve brought in, uh, and, uh, you know, a guy that uh, a little bit under the radar, but he did pretty well, uh, was Carter Roney for Pittsburgh a couple of years ago when they won the Cup. I mean, I, I guess what I'm, I'm trying to say, Larry, in this very long and convoluted question here, is that it really seems like there is competition up front, and if some of these guys can up their numbers by, let's say, 10 to 12 points, the Red Wings, again, could be in a pretty good position to, and maybe I'm overstating it, be on the cusp of competing for a playoff spot? I mean, am I, you know, looking at the world through red and white glasses here, Larry, or is, is that a possibility? <laughs> you're, you're, you're looking through a blue light glass, I think. <laughs> the, uh, it's interesting. I mean, you... you, uh, you uh, um, I mean, you pointed out some names. I mean, look at look at Raymond. I mean, he. Uh, I mean, I think it'll be a bit of a, a a reach for him to play on the team this year. But I'm not I'm not ruling it out. I mean, the kid could come in and and be lights out and make the squad. Or same with Bergeron. I mean, these guys uh, are obviously on the radar for this team and should be with the team at some point in time. But I, when I look at okay, how we look at the power play as we touched on, I look at hey, where's this. Uh, where's the offensive production that the wings need? You know, where, where, where are the, the, these added goals going to come from? And, and I think you nail. I mean, you talk about Verana, obviously having them all season. If he, with more ice time than he saw with the when he was with the Capitals, I mean, we can see him putting up career numbers. That's going to add. I look at uh, uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, of course, being in the lineup all season long. That could add more. Should add more numbers. 
Dylan Larkin. I mean, as a guy, the captain, I mean, heart and soul of this team, I mean, his numbers can improve from last season. Uh, you know, but, but Bertuzzi being the lineup all, all season long is going to help Dylan Larkin. But I, I anticipate his numbers are going to go up from last season. Um, and you just look at those, just those guys right there. I mean, that's going to have a big, uh, big impact offensively. And then you look at other guys whose careers, Rasmussen, look, I, I, maybe he, you see a little more offensive production from him. I don't know. I mean, he's kind of, you know, going to play that third, fourth line center, kind of a checking type of guy. So you can't really look at him, you know, to, to really increase his numbers. And so, I mean, and I can go down and look at Fabry. I mean, he, he got, you can get more out of him. So, hey, I mean, they're, they're, it's easy. You can easily see where these numbers, these offensive numbers are going to come from. It's, it, it's not anything I said right there, Art, is not a stretch by, the, by any uh, gauge. I mean, that's, that, is, it is, that, those, that offense is right there for, for the wings. So, I mean, I, I, I anticipate to see the team go out. Jeff Blaschel, very, uh, defensively, is, going, is still going to call on guys to be responsible. Hey, all the best coaches in the league expect that. Uh, look at Barry Trotz and the Islanders, I, which I have a, a tremendous amount of respect for as a coach. I mean, wins the cup with, with the Capitals. Hey, he made Ovechkin be responsible in his own zone. He turned Ovechkin into a, a, a great two-way player. He, and and I and I you know Jeff Blaschel's approach is the same way, but I think the they don't have to take on risk in their in their their play in order for them to increase their offense. It's not a case of hey we've got to we've got to let the guys go and and let them run and gun. Hey, <laughs> Wings don't have to do that. They got guys that know how to score goals. And Zadina guy, yeah, I want to see him. I expect to see his numbers. Boy, he's really. Improved as a two-way player, I think we're going to see Zadina, you know, put up bigger numbers. So hey, I mean, how can you not get excited about about the Wings' offense this coming season? Right, and you know, and, and even the acquisition of Pew, Pew Suter, I think, kind of. Uh... Sir, correct, correct, yeah. I mean, look at that guy. I mean, if he can come up, if he can score double-digit goals this coming season, I mean, hey, there, there we go. There, I mean, that's there. There's another. I mean, I, you know, I mean, your your list was much more extensive than than I put together. But hey, I got to go with the art on, on on Suter. I mean, I, you know, I will he score twenty? Man, if he scores twenty, then we're talking, you know, and then we add in all these other guys, their production coming on. Hey, then we're talking. Hey, this team, this could be a playoff team. So, who knows? I mean, I'm just trying to, you know, trying to keep. You know, keep everything under control here, Art. You know, we don't want to. I mean, we don't want to feed off each other and start planning the parade. You know, right now, but right. Right. Um, you know, hey, we got reasons to be excited. Right. Well, I'm sure if that were the case, I know uh, uh, because we're so effusive in our praise. I'm sure that we'll be in that parade and we'll be in Steve Eiserman's car, sitting right next to him as we. <laughs> you'll be driving. You'll be driving Eiserman's float in the uh, Stanley Cup parade. <laughs> right i was i was in uh i was in one of those parades many many years ago and people were like going what the hell are you doing it was me ken cal and paul woods we had our own car you know and and, and people are screaming at me what what are you 
come why are you in this thing and i go i don't know i'm screaming back i have no idea but get you know hey i'm a native detroiter so it was like the best time of my life i mean uh red wing oh, stanley cup right woodward was uh was excellent hopefully that'll happen again you know well just to wrap this up jeff blashell did say and I guess if we really want to look as we head into first the prospects tournament and then into training camp and then into eight preseason games, uh, uh, you know, he said that all the young guys, all the prospects like a Valeno, uh, you know, Giovanni Smith's got to be on the team because he's out of options. I don't think he clears waivers. Adam Ernie, if he comes through with what he has and, 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 uh, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of grit, a little bit of grit. Giovanni brings that, as as does Adam Ernie. So it looks like at least it's it's starting to form into a complete team. I guess is what I'm saying. A team that hopefully can roll four lines. We know the D core is at least eight deep. Uh, net looks solid. So everything's coming together. But I think, to, as I said, to sum it up is is if you look at it. If Blaschel is giving so much opportunity, and he said all the kids are going to play like almost all eight preseason games, and there's a few back-to-backs in there, uh, competition. You know, we're seeing something, as you alluded to earlier at the beginning of the podcast, Larry, so many times we go up to camp, and it was like, we know who, we, we know who the at that point, the 24-man roster is. We know. Because it's the Red Wings and they're good. There's not going to be much deviation. And if it is, it's a guy like Luke Robitaille or Brett Hall or Dominic Hasek that's being added to the roster. You know, there's no question mark there. They're on the team. So, I mean, I think this is good. I think we're starting to see this rebuild starting to come to fruition. And we're seeing that this team is starting to take maybe not gigantic steps, but at least some significant steps towards being the, uh, you know, an elite team again. Well, what's 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 going to be a great problem for Steve Eisman to have is when the you know, day comes at the end of camp, and he's got to cut down to his roster, and he might be in a position where these young guys, as I talked earlier, some if young guys play so great that they play themselves, force the team to make a roster spot for them. If that's the case, then all of a sudden, then you're looking at guys that you have to expose to waivers in, in order to send them down. I mean, that you know that that's a great problem for the Wings to have, and hopefully that will be the case. Hopefully that they'll have enough guys, young guys that have shown that they're, they're, today is their day to play in the National Hockey League, and they're playing at such a level that, hey, we can't send them to Grand Rapids. This guy, in order for us to win, we need this guy in the lineup. I mean, I'm hoping that we see that day, Art, at the end of this camp, and then we're, we're, we're instead of like, you know, was it three seasons ago where, oh my God, we need to find a guy that can actually, you know, know where an NHL rink is to put in the lineup. <laughs> right, right. Where now it's a case of, oh my, I've got to make some tough choices for this franchise, and I'm going to have to expose some quality guys just because I've got too many of them. I mean, I can I hope we see that at the end of this camp, and that just goes to show you. You know what? What the wings? The situation the wings could possibly be in. Right. Well, I I sure hope so. I mean, I I'm I'm always excited when the season starts. I love the game of hockey, and uh, uh, you know, so uh, uh, and and it begins very very soon. It, you know, it is September. September means Traverse City, and then uh, we head back to Motown and let the season begin. Larry, I, I I've always enjoyed your company. For the moment you became a Red Wing, I mean, I've always admired you as a player. 
I, I really, I really have. And, uh, you know, I know I keep telling this story, and I'm not saying it to embarrass you, but one of the happiest I've ever seen Scotty Bowman was on trade deadline day when he was able to announce that the Red Wings acquired you from Toronto. I, he was skipping into the dressing room to let us know. <laughs> I mean, he was really, really happy, and he went out of his way. And I said, Larry, and I said, Larry Murphy, I just said it like that. I didn't say it, you know, like, whoa, Larry Murphy, what the heck are you thinking? And he looked at me, and he said, Art, Murph is going to be tremendous for us. He's going to help us. And as usual, Scotty was right on point because you certainly were a great Red Wing and just a great player. I mean, Hall of Fame credentials speak for itself. But it's always a pleasure to have you on, Larry. Uh, yeah, I can keep talking and talking and talking, but I will be quiet. Uh, but thanks for joining us here today. That's a, uh, not you, Art. Not you. No, no. You're right. Talk and talk. Come on. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I should have brought out the old Red Wings, too, uh, you know, but uh, uh, maybe I'll get Andrew to put this in, uh, uh, the boss man, Christoph. But anyway, Larry, thanks for joining us on the Red, White, and Authority. Looking forward to seeing you all season long. You do a tremendous job, and uh, I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Hey, Art, I can't wait till we do this again and we just tell each other, boy, we, we knew this was how great it was going to be and we called it. So, right. you know, I can't wait till we can pat pat each, each other on the back. So <laughs> That's I'm exactly looking forward right. to that one. <laughs> right, yeah, right. I'll tell Steve, rev up your engine for the parade, baby, because I'm driving that car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Larry. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Take care, Art. <laughs>